0: Alrighty, good morning, everybody. Monday morning, October the 12th. Thought we were going to have two Monday night games. We only got one tonight. Another adventurous weekend in the NFL. Wiz, how are you today?
1: Yeah, doing okay. Hanging in there. Uh, another uh, tumultuous week uh, of NFL action. Some more injuries, uh, and one brutal, brutal injury. Uh, with Dak Prescott, who uh, was on pace to maybe breaking all kinds of passing records, and uh, suffered that unfortunate injury, ugly injury where he fractured and dislocated his his ankle on on a quarterback draw yesterday. He just got held up and tackled, and kind of like an awkward position. But uh, wow, that's a tough one. That
0: was a tough one. Yeah, tough to see. I actually uh, – I don't I don't like looking at those kind of things. I, I turned away from it. I tried to uh, – you, you could see it was an awkward tackle, and I saw the way he was trying to hold his leg up. I didn't quite see the full gruesomeness of it all. But it, it's tough to see. It's interesting that the Cowboys, you know, the move they made before the season to bring in a veteran like Andy Dalton, so they're probably in a better position than most teams. Uh, and getting that win obviously puts them in the uh, – the so-called catbird seat in the NFC East, but nonetheless, very difficult for all, all the offensive players and, you know, for team morale and all that sort of stuff. It's a, it's a tough hit, so, you know, fantasy owners are going to have to try and find a way to bounce back from that. Uh, certainly is going to be a challenge. It was amazing on the other side, even though he got <laughs> he got the daylight speed out of him uh, in, in the game, but Alex Smith on the football field um, since that gruesome injury uh, is quite an amazing feat in of itself. Uh, so we saw that yesterday and you know, just a lot of different things. You know, we had to deal with the adventures once again with um, going into the games on Sunday. And we've talked about this about in some leagues, commissioners prepared, some not prepared, but you know, the cancellation of the Patriot game and kind of the situation around the Buffalo, Tennessee game, you know, these are, these are situations that league uh, commissioners should have been on top of. And we've seen too many people panicking, and, and even in leagues that we're in that we don't quite run, so it's a little frustrating to see that, but but know that this is going to be with us throughout the season. Uh, you know, my personal view is there still needs to be some sort of a bubble in the NFL. I think it's inevitable that we get a week 18 being played because you saw the number that the NFL did on the schedule after the after the one game being cancelled. We've got, you know, you start to position yourselves in, in bye weeks for, for defenses and who you're going to play and things like that, and they've completely Completely changed the Jets and, and Chargers schedule, which <laughs> I'm a little bit annoyed about. In a few leagues I'm in, mean, I'm kind of positioned for it, and then unfortunately, it that takes the winds out of uh, my sales in terms of some of the moves that I
1: made. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're drafting and they, look, some leagues have complete flexibility when it comes to your bench or roster, where you have to draft a certain starting lineup, and then. Your bench can consist of seven kickers if you want or seven tight ends or whatever. But but some leagues, you have some structure where – you have to have two tight ends, you have to have to have two defenses, you have to have two kickers. I know, you know, when we were doing this, you know, you just don't want to draft two kickers or two defenses especially on the same that have the same bye week and now <laughs> you could have planned everything out correctly and mapped it out perfectly and now it's all kind of thrown out the window and uh, this is literally not even a week to week thing anymore. This is hour by hour of the news that's going on um there are a lot of leagues who've handled the situation with the bills and titans and there are some leagues that you know you allowed you to put substitutes in case of and then there are leagues where start these guys at your own risk and there are guys like who have players on the brown on the bills and titans that need that game to be played. <laughs> They're literally checking the news every fifteen minutes to, to, to see about the testing and what's going on. It's just this is kind of surreal, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be really hard. So, uh, you know, I, I, we've made moves to mo- in most of my leagues to allow Sunday pickups. Uh, you know, which definitely takes into account some of this stuff. So, yeah, just I, I think you got to be um, vocal about it and make sure that you know from it. From from the semblance of, the, of fairness, you want to see this stuff play out in in, in, a, in a correct fashion. So, uh, so Wiz, let's let's talk about some of the other things that are going on uh, in the NFL. What struck you from from this week in particular? Uh, what, what did you see that was particularly noteworthy? Um, I don't want to get into the fantasy so much but just more from the football side I mean I can I can name three things off the top of my head and I want to hear your thing uh, things as well so you talked about a lot about the 49ers and we've talked about Super Bowl hexes so that, that to me that beating that they took at home was was pretty incredible I'd say the other thing is 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 the win by the Las Vegas Raiders going into going into Kansas City and winning that game a real statement story there, and I'd say the other thing is um, you know we, we look at teams now a second team has made a firing. You know, what's going to happen next? What coach is going to go next? You know, does Adam Gase make it through this season? There's just so much drama around that situation. You know, those are the things that kind of stand out here in the New York metropolitan area. Jets and Giants combined 0-10. Uh, the Giants seem like they're fighting from week to week. The Jets, you know, that's a whole other story. What, uh, what storylines are you kind of looking at? You know, obviously the Prescott stuff we talked about a little bit, but what, what are you walking away from impression-wise from this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think from a coaching standpoint, you know, the NFL is a copycat league, and like if somebody picks up a a way to go about something, so I'm going to talk about one thing on the field and one thing off the field. So on the field, it looked like last week, um, you know, the game that the that the that the that the Chiefs played. It looked like in, in that in that game, uh, quite frankly, that the Raiders kind of like following. Um, the same, the same blueprint of the Patriots, where kind of rush three, keep eight back, you know, see if your three guys eventually get to Mahomes. Um, if Mahomes takes off and runs a couple of times, that's okay. But I'm just wondering if teams are going to start doing that more and kind of like following the Patriot blueprint, and I'm not sure if teams have, all, you know, all the teams have the personnel to stay with those receivers for three, four seconds if you're going to play that, but it looks like at least for the time being that maybe teams are going to try and do that against Kansas City, and the way to defeat that is to really run the ball and punish teams, and I gotta say that Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been a bit of a disappointment Um his play's been a little disappointment. His fantasy output has been a disappointment. Um, he's not giving them what they need in those boxes when there's only, you know, like five or six guys in the box. He's not giving them those big bursts in the running game and his, his, he's not on the field as much as you'd like if you drafted him uh, with, a, with a top pick. So that's the thing on the field about Kansas City, Edward Allaire and the copycat of how defenses maybe are going to approach Kansas City these next couple of weeks. And off the field, it looks like, you know, it's unusual for a team to fire a coach in the NFL midseason, especially this isn't way before the halfway point. And I think once that started, you may see a few more teams follow suit. And, uh, I would make Adam Gase a big favorite to be the next coach to be gone, and um, the problem is Eric Bieniemy is clearly the top candidate that teams want. But what the heck are you supposed to do? You can't stop talking to Eric Bieniemy, you know, while Kansas City's playing their season. You got to kind of, you know, wait it out. But I mean, considering that the Texans have Deshaun Watson and his specialty is on the offensive side. I'm going to make the Texans a, a pretty large favorite to have Eric Bieniemy as their head coach next season.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good call. You know, it's interesting speaking of head coaches and one storyline I didn't mention, but, um, you know, Kevin Stefanski, who uh, who came over to the your, uh, from the Minnesota Vikings to the Cleveland Browns, you know, just goes to show you how bad a coach Freddie Kitchens was. And this team seems really locked in, know what they do well on offense right now. Uh, I think Miles Garrett is causing a lot of problems on the defensive side of the ball. So, you know, the Browns, and we mentioned this, you know, Cleveland had a rough... A rough COVID, uh, sorry, uh, Cincinnati had a rough COVID against Baltimore this week. But, you know, that that division now with Cleveland, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh really all looking like they're going to duke it out. Uh, Pittsburgh offense is clicking. I, I actually, I'd say right now Pittsburgh and Cleveland are probably playing better than Baltimore, but it's going to make all of those games extremely important kind of moving forward.
1: Yeah, there's no there's, there's no question about it. And uh, Yeah, the, the you know, the injuries, again... Um, Dak Prescott. That's just brutal. I mean, it's brutal to the Cowboys, but you know, look, see, you have to move on and the Cowboys are gonna move on with Andy Dalton and if you had Dak Prescott, I mean, you kinda kinda have to use up, you know, almost all your majority of your move money if you're playing in that kind of league where you have uh, you're given X amount of dollars to have your move money, if you're in a waiver wire pick, then it's completely random and luck. But if you're using move money, I mean, would you agree that you got a you had Dak Prescott, you probably need to with the weapons that Dallas has probably have to spend a, you know a good majority of your money on Andy Dalton.
0: Yeah, so I guess it depends on the type of league you're in because there are certain leagues that don't require you to have um, two quarterbacks. So if you're in a whether you're a 12 or a 10 team league, and that requirement is there or not. Because I've looked on a few of my waiver wires and yeah, so i we're in a situation where we know we're a little boxed in because we we own Dak Prescott in one league, but there's n- not a lot of quarterbacks because it's a super flex league. So we know what we're going to need to do there. But if you look at other leagues. Um, let me ask you, if you have a choice between an Andy Dalton and someone like David uh, Derek Carr, who's playing well right now, do you go with the team with those offensive weapons or with the more established situation where the starter is in place? I, you know, you can use that specific, let's say Herbert Carr, one of those quarterbacks is out there, maybe even a Ryan Fitzpatrick versus a Dalton. Which direction would you lean in in terms of uh, who you would pick up?
1: Well, no, normally I would say the established guys, but if you combine the weapons that Dallas has with the fact that Andy Dalton's a pretty good quarterback and can run and and do other things, I kind of, kind of, I kind of feel Andy Dalton's going to be a top ten to twelve fantasy quarterback the rest of the way.
0: Yeah, and I guess you know when you, how much is you know how many reps is Dalton actually getting at this point in time? Probably very few. Um, so I know there's a lot of owners out there. If you own a C.D. Lamb, who who definitely was developing a big rapport. And, you know, you called that at the start of the season. You thought it'd be their, their maybe their most productive receiver. Um, you know, a couple of great catches at the end of the game by Michael Gallup um, to to really uh, give the Cowboys a chance to kick that winning field goal. Yeah, you know, Dalton, yes, they had the fumble, but he was 9 for 11, and I think he's going to get a lot more reps now going forward. So, to me, I'm leaning towards Dalton, as, as you mentioned. This is an established quarterback. taking teams to the playoffs a bunch of times. So, that's going to be my lean, given the weapons that they do have uh, out
1: there. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, before we talk about the game tonight, I mean, I'm just uh, so in awe of... These first and second year receivers that just look like they are going to be absolute superstars and unstoppable if you just, you know, look around around the league. You know, Henry Ruggs finally was healthy. He stepped up and had a big game and CeeDee Lamb looks like, yeah, man, they gave him number eighty eight for a reason. He is some Player, I mean, he hasn't even shown what his best asset, and that's run after the catch, which you're going to see as the season uh, goes on. And you watch DK Metcalf, and AJ Brown's been hurt, but he's stepping on the field. I think tomorrow, he's a he's a terrific receiver. You know, the the, the young receivers in and, and Claypool, dynamic for the Steelers. I know you like that player. But I mean, if you just look at these receivers in their first and second year, wow. I mean, there are some some really, really high hopes uh, for some of these NFL teams that have these young receivers. Yeah,
0: and we have to remember, too, none of these guys stepped on a field to play a preseason game. We talked about this a lot. and. You know, we looked at the case of Jefferson. That maybe, maybe the Vikings took it a little bit easy in the first couple of weeks, and you know, then the last couple of weeks, not 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 this week, he had a little bit of an off one. But it's not going to happen every game. Like you just can't have outbursts every single game. It doesn't work that way in most cases. But yeah, the talent level is out there. These guys are coming in from pro systems. The college passing game has evolved, and they're a lot more pro ready than before. Like I said, this year a little bit more behind the eight ball than normal. Because eight ball be, than normal because of no preseason but you got to be giddy with excitement seeing some of what some of the young talent and the future of the league in terms of uh you know both on the football field and, and in fantasy uh that holds for us uh, going forward
1: no question all right are we ready to move on to the game tonight and uh, talk about uh if we like anything with the line the point spreads totals prop bets anything
0: yeah, so of course, uh, Mike Thomas. Uh, I guess the I guess the team was expecting back from from the, the health issues, but he ended up having an altercation with a teammate, throwing a punch at him, so he won't be playing tonight. So Drew Brees once again plays without, um, and, and the New Orleans Saints play without Mike Thomas. Uh, against the uh, Chargers, who have basically stayed in every single game. Justin Herbert has put up big, big numbers in all of those games. Uh, so, an interesting game. Again, you don't have fans in the, in the stands. I know New Orleans made a made a, uh, a plea to try and get fans there, but that's not going to happen this week. So, that building is a little quieter than it normally is, and, and probably helps out the visitor, because c- certainly this, this is a tough place to play normally. So, yeah, I'm intrigued by the game overall. I think Herbert's played very well, and 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 New Orleans is kind of beat up on defense particularly in their secondary so i i kind of like i kind of like the charges in this game to keep it close again and you know i know they are a little bit short-handed as well on defense the charges but you know my sense is that they'll keep this game close i don't have a particular side that i'm leaning on at the moment um in, in the game i think it's six and a half as the spread but if you ask me to do something on it i'd be leaning on the charges to cover that six and a half
1: yeah, I don't know about the side. I, I like the under in this game. I think the um, Chargers are going to play a conservative game on defense. This is what they do when they play against these high octane offenses. I mean, not that the Saints without Mike Thomas are the same as with Mike Thomas, but I, I think in this type of situation, they're going to play a conservative offense. And I, I think the, the, the pass rush is going to get to Herbert a little bit. So I, I like under in his game tonight. I think it's uh, right now at 49-and-a-half. So my play is uh, under, and I, I'm kind of under on Herbert passing yards. Um, passing yards is two sixty and a half. and a half I like the under in that, and I like under Herbert one-and-a-half touchdowns thrown as well, which is basically a pick em line line um, either way. Um, so those are my plays. Under in the game, under Herbert passing. On the Herbert touchdowns, do you have any prop bets on players or anything you like?
0: Yeah, the, the one prop bet I think I think guys have shied away from this player this week a little bit. I've noticed he was kind of he dipped in the rankings. This will be the first full game that the Chargers play without. Um, Austin Eckler, But I think um, I'm intrigued by the 49-and-a-half line on Joshua Kelly for this week. Um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think New Orleans has played particularly well on defense so far. Uh, Kelly's going to get a chance to make some noise and touch the ball kind of in the 20-time 20, 20, 20 range tonight. So 49-and-a-half yards rushing Josh Kelly. I am tempted to take the over on that one.
1: And... Okay, we'll have to see how that that plays out. I mean, uh, it's kind of like now just Kelly and Justin Jackson, kind of those two players um, are left to 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 run the show as far as the running backs are concerned. Um, as far as DraftKings, I'm looking at the Monday night showdown. I know uh, you like playing the Monday Thursday. I don't know if DraftKings has a Monday Tuesday thing. Now I have to look at that, but as far as the game tonight, um, I'm going to give out Taysom Hill. I know I gave him out another game, but earlier this year when the Saints played. But when, when the Saints play at home, I've noticed with Taysom Hill, for some reason he has these type of games. So as far as DraftKings, I'm looking at it. In this Monday night showdown, he is $2,400 in salary. I like Taysom Hill to score a touchdown in some form. He may throw one. He may rush for one. He may catch one. He may have multiple touchdowns today. But I'm giving Taysom Hill out as my Monday night DraftKings special. How about you? Anyone in the game that you think is a sure thing? Anyone that you think is low salary? that you could put in there that actually may do something tonight. Yeah, I think Traequan Smith
0: will build build on that last game that he had. Um, I think he's priced around, I don't know, I saw, and they did a Monday-Tuesday one. I think he's priced at 5000 So I'm intrigued by by that one. Uh, I think he's on the low side. And if I'm if I'm asked to, I haven't done anything yet, but I'm looking at the Monday-Tuesday one, and I like Traequan Smith at 5000
1: you like Smith? So I'm looking, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the regular salary for Traquan Smith is seven thousand and um yeah, seven thousand for him and Taysom Hill is sixteen hundred um for Taysom Hill. So uh Traquan Smith and do you like anyone that is kinda like under the really under the radar? Because without Without Mike Thomas, on Smith is probably considered the top receiver or right there with Sanders as one and one A's. Or anybody like kind of way under there uh, that you like? And I know you like the tight end um, for the uh, – the Saints as well. trauman do you think he does anything tonight? Or is anyone out there that you like?
0: It looks like Cook is going to play. I mean, you know, I guess one guy you could take a flyer on tonight. You know, because we don't know exactly how they're going to use the two players, but maybe Justin Jackson. If the players, if the if the workload is distributed a little bit more evenly, Justin Jackson, who uh, is a player that we both like, he's actually averaged a pretty high number per per touch uh, in, in his short career. Whenever he's gotten out there. So I think most people are discounting him a little bit. Um, he is coming back from injury, but you know the, the the workload may be split a little bit more down the window, uh, uh, down the middle. And if that's that's the case, it's a window of opportunity. I think to to maybe insert a guy like Justin Jackson into your lineups.
1: Excellent. So I'm going to make another prediction. I'm going to say Will Lutz kicks four field goals tonight for the Saints. Oh, so. interesting.
0: <laughs> Very interesting. He yeah, goes
1: in with my unders. I think it's going to be an under. I think there could be some field are going to have a lot of opportunities tonight. So I'm going to predict a big game for Will Lutz. So I'm going to start my DraftKings lineup with Will Lutz and Taysom Hill. Uh, and then that'll, that'll allow me to put some of the bigger names in there, uh, Kamara and a few other players. So that's my view. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? The, uh, yeah, one, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm, I'm add one yeah. thing.
0: And, and I know Roger Goodell does not listen to this show, at least to my knowledge. I wish he did, but I'm not, I'm not sure he does. Look, I wonder if the NFL is is looking very carefully at what's going on here. So we we know injuries are a part of the game. I understand that. I have been extremely vocal about my dissatisfaction with the quality of play on Thursday nights for a number of years. You know, the NFL was attempting to do two games tonight um, on Monday. Uh, They will do two games next Monday night, and one of those games will be the Bills against the Chiefs, which will be at 5 o'clock next Monday. I don't know how the NFL doesn't kind of look at this, and and it should be more interesting as we step away from the the NBA season has ended because it's been been rare that we've seen so much sports on each and every day uh, that that are obviously important from a number of different perspectives. But I think the intrigue of two games on a Monday night, to me, seems way more enticing, should be more way enticing to the league. And I know, yes, they lose that Thursday night by itself, but you know what? you got to start looking more closely at what what it means for the players and i think two monday night games actually is a really good idea and i would like to see it something that be instituted as a permanent fixture for future nfl seasons i'm not sure we actually see that they'll look at the ratings obviously very closely but it's to me i'm a really big proponent of it you know more so from player protection than anything else but i think it's great having the early and the late game and that's just my two cents I know nobody really cares what I have to say about it, but I'm strongly of the belief that it's a much better product by doing that as opposed to what we see week in and week out on Thursdays right now.
1: season, there, there are several good, good reasons to move out of the Thursday night slot. One is the one that's always been the case. You know, you have teams that they play a physical game on Sunday night and then three days rest. You know, they're, they're out there again. It just doesn't seem like the product is going to be very good. But this season, I'm really surprised they didn't think this through and move out of that Thursday slot. Two teams are playing against each other on Sunday. That is when It's it's at the most dangerous time with this COVID to see how it could spread and what the effect of the game is. When you have a game on Thursday, you're not allowing yourself enough time to test and see how that game came out and see – because – One team, if if there's a problem in one game, it affects four teams, right? It affects the two teams that just played, and then it affects the two teams that those teams are going to play. So you can see how quickly this can multiply. And when you play a game on Sunday and you're doing testing and a game is scheduled for Thursday, it doesn't give you enough time to make changes that make sense and to figure out what's going on. I just am surprised they didn't move out of that slot considering what is going on. I've been saying this a million times. It just seems the NFL in some instances are stubborn for the sake of being stubborn. They went through years and years of not changing their policy about domestic violence um, and it seemed like there had to be all sorts of horrific things and outrage for them to like change their philosophy and policies on it. And this is another thing. It's just it's not the same thing. Of course I'm not comparing. It's nowhere nearly as important as domestic violence and, and what was going on. But it's to the point of it just seems the NFL, in some instances, are slow to the draw to react to these things.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think the stubbornness and I don't know, maybe not willing to kind of admit mistake. I have no idea what it is, but uh, your your point about this season, it being more, uh, especially with the spread of the virus, it's it gives you the ultimate ultimate out if you ever had one. That That is it. If I ever heard it. So very well articulated. Very well articulated.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the product, I, I don't know. I I'll be honest with you. Uh, You know, we're, we're in a lot of leagues and we talk to a lot of different people. Do you know anyone who, like, at this point, loves, like, eh, you know, the, I, the people I talk to about it, they either don't want to start a fantasy guy, even if he's really good in that game, because they're concerned about, you know, he's only playing on three days rest after playing a physical game and a product, and they don't like it, or they don't like watching the game from just a, a football fan perspective. Do you know many people at this point who, who like Thursday Night Football?
0: No, no. I may know one person that just says, as many nights of football as I can get, I want. But, you know, will that person admit that the quality is, is impacted for sure? Yeah, absolutely, they will, would admit. So, no, I don't think anybody really truly – yes, we, I, if we could watch football every night, we'd love it, but we understand there's, there's practicality around it. And, no, I don't know any hardcore football fantasy person that really is enjoying sitting there watching a game on Thursday when these guys are, you know, half beaten down from what they went through the previous Sunday.
1: And, again, another football Sunday and more horrific calls on roughing the pass. I, I, I saw somewhere they, they barely touched the quarterback, um, and they called roughing the pass. So I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, I really, really don't. It just seems um, – the, the refereeing just seems a lot more egregious with the, with these with these penalties that are being called than, than I remember. I mean, I know they're trying to protect the quarterback, but like some of these plays, that they're not even being hit. Like, I don't know. I, I get the I get the feeling like they want this to become flag football when it comes to the quarterbacks. Like maybe just you have to grab the flag out of out of the quarterback's waist to count it as like a sack or something. Because this is getting to the point where. Uh, Everything is a is a fifteen yard penalty, and uh, yeah, they they got to they have to do something about that.
0: Yeah, problematic. There's been a couple of quick whistles too, where guys weren't yet in the grasp. I mean, Bill Belichick went crazy in the last game that the Patriots played.
1: Yeah, I don't what? even know what that was. That was oh. he was so outraged about it, he didn't even realize what took place in the play. I mean, yeah, that was a that was that that was that was that was terrible. But yeah, I've seen it a few times. You know, Thursday was terrible and and again over the weekend some more of these calls just uh just just a little bit difficult to watch, but I guess you know we'll talk more about it, and what about the jets and giants i mean I think I think think at least the Giants
0: the Giants are at least been competitive the last few weeks. You know they should have won that Bear game. Um, They played well against the Rams this past week. It was a high scoring game. They stayed in. Their defense actually had played well before this past week. But you know they have been competitive and in their games. I don't think the the Jets have any any. Any, any, any chance of winning a football game right now. It is just so bad. And I think, you know, there was stuff this morning about usage of Le'Veon Bell. And Le'Veon Bell on Twitter commenting, you know, he was liking comments by fans his usage and all this—this this is just a toxic, toxic situation. It's not very good. And Adam Gase is just a very bad football coach. You know, somehow they're extrapolating some value from from one player, and one player only on this team, and that's uh, uh, Jamison Crowder. But other than that, the Jets—you know—have gotten nothing from these. Rece- you know, no play from Denzel Mims yet. Perriman has yet to play. Really, it's just—it's a disaster. It is an
1: absolute disaster. I'm in. I'm in another- what has happened to Chris Herndon? You're balling you're, you're this year at tight end. Can't catch the ball. Yep. Yeah. yeah it's, and it could be, you know, it could. It, it I, don't could. Know what, I don't know what's going on with, with the Jets. But you know what? I think would be an interesting line to make. It would be funny if DraftKings put this out. And I, I'm going to put this out. I'm going to make a line on this because I think it's actually a pick em, Which, who lasts more games with the Jets this year? Adam Gase or Le'Veon Bell? And I'll tell you why this is, that seems interesting to me. It seems that every week at this point going forward, there's a chance you may start see you know Adam Schefter report Adam Gage fired. And I think there's equal a chance that you're going to see Adam Schefter report Le'Veon Bell decides he doesn't want to play anymore with the Jets and quits midseason. Like, I think that is honestly a pick 'em line. Who lasts and plays more games with the Jets this year, Adam Gase or Le'Veon Bell? You know, I saw a, a sports reporter talk about that he was a Jets beat reporter. I forget which one it was. Maybe, I forget if he was interviewed the reporter was on camera or just it was something that he wrote. But Lady Bell didn't even come out in the presser after the game to talk to, to the to reporters. Um, something, you know, very unusual for a player to do. And I just think this is becoming an avalanche where I think it's equally as likely one way either Adam Gates gets fired or you'll just see Le'Veon Bell just saying, I'm I'm calling it quits. I'm not playing another game with the Jets until he's fired or or something like that. I just think it's, it's, it's headed in that kind of direction one way or another. Yeah. It's,
0: uh, it's messy. It's ugly. And, uh, it's very unfortunate for uh, all of our local fans having to endure this each and every Sunday, but, uh, Well, that's that. We uh, move on to Monday Night Football. Uh, Hopefully a good game tonight, Chargers and uh, New Orleans, and we uh, certainly pray that we have a calmer week this week when it comes to this virus stuff. Hopefully this Tennessee situation is uh, under control once and for all. So, uh, please enjoy the game, and we'll uh, touch base again tomorrow.
1: Got it.